Hallelujah, Christ is risen. We rejoice this day that our brother Dave has concluded his race and now stands in heaven. He confessed Christ unto death and now wears the crown of life. But it was a rough go, especially toward the end. Even though Dave's strength declined, his Lord never let him go. He was baptized into Christ, was washed clean of all sin and shame, covered in the holy goodness of Jesus, Put simply, David belonged to Christ. On April 25th, last Tuesday, Dave died, but he is not dead. He belongs to the Lord of life, so Dave lives. The grave could not hold Jesus, and it won't hold Dave either. Today, we'll put his body in the ground to await the resurrection of all the dead on the last day, but even now, Dave lives with Christ. And that's all we really need to say today. But Dave picked out some great readings and hymns, so we should probably talk about those. First, there are many helpful stories and anecdotes that we might all have of Dave, all teaching us lessons as he's leading us by example. You have your stories and I have mine. And in the days ahead, it's good for us to tell these stories to one another to learn from Dave and rejoice together in his memory. However, none of that is why we are here. And besides, Dave wouldn't have wanted us to dwell on him anyway. Dave proved to be little comfort to himself in his last days. But Dave would have told you that Jesus was his everything in his time of suffering. So let's hear about Dave's Lord, who wouldn't let him go. Dave picked out some great readings for us to consider, so I'd like to first look at our our reading from 2 Corinthians, where St. Paul talks about a thorn in the flesh. Dave actually didn't pick out this particular reading, but it's been especially helpful for me personally as I work through the grief of his death. Paul says, The Lord said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses, so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. For the sake of Christ, then, I am content with weaknesses, insults, hardships, persecutions, and calamities. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Paul describes a thorn in the flesh, that is, some kind of burden that the Lord had allowed to befall him. We don't know for sure what it was. It's speculated that it could have been some sort of eye infection or a limp, or maybe it was the haunting memory of his stoning of of Stephen. We're not told what it was, but it was given to him by God, and it was given for a reason. Paul says that this reason was so that he wouldn't think too highly of himself, so that the power of Christ would rest upon him. He goes so far even to say that he is content with his weaknesses. That is, he appreciates the thorn in the flesh because it keeps him mindful of his weakness. 
And when he is weak, then he is strong. Because when he is strong, the power of Christ alone is is his strength. The power of Christ rests upon those who have no power in themselves. That's the idea behind the children's song. Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. Little ones to him belong. They are weak, but he is strong. That hymn we just sang proved to be quite comforting for Dave in his final weeks. Those who are weak, those who are brought low, who have nothing to which they can cling within themselves, they are made strong in Jesus alone. That's how it was for St. Paul and also for our brother Dave Bodenstad. David, named after the greatest king in Israel's history, an intellectual powerhouse, a staunch Lutheran, and a biblical scholar was Dave. Dave had great strength in himself, but of course he would have never told you that, and he would really never even have been able to see it in himself. Dave was a contemplative and thoughtful and humble theologian. He'd come to me after almost every sermon and Bible study, usually when I was in a hurry to get on to the next thing. Classic, Dave, slow me down. And have some complex question for me that I was rarely equipped to answer. So I'd have to shuffle him over to Pastor Schumacher for his help. <laughs> Dave was as consistent as anyone could have been in church and Bible studies. And when his body began to fail him, he leaned on his church family, you, to get him here. He longed to be near to the Lord here in this place especially as death crept closer. He had studied deeply the Lord's word, especially in the field of apologetics, that is, the task of defending one's faith against attacks and confessing the Christian faith to unbelievers. Dave was especially interested in that topic because, as he told me, he had had a time of wandering from the faith into unbelief and and apologetics, along with the Gospel of John, had been very valuable for him in his return. He was also greatly concerned about the salvation of some of his friends and family for whom he prayed often. It was regularly on his mind. He was always coming to me for ideas on maybe how to approach it differently, hoping that you might rejoice in the gospel along with him both now and eternally. Well, despite Dave's great strengths, We all watch the Lord allow the thorn in the flesh to slowly weaken him. But that thorn proved to be a great gift to Dave. Now I know what you're thinking, how could such suffering be a gift? But just as he did for St. Paul, it was God who allowed this thorn in Dave as a gift so that he would look all the more not to himself for confidence or comfort for his salvation, but only and fully to his Lord for grace and mercy. The devil came to Dave there in the end, trying to rob him of all hope and comfort in the face of death, causing him great despair that he didn't have enough faith, that he hadn't done enough to be sure of his salvation. The devil kept pointing him back to himself, 
and Dave was unable to find any comfort there. But that proved to be the devil's strategic error. The very fact that Dave had nothing of which to boast in himself, nothing to cling to for certainty in himself, that's precisely when Jesus is at his best. When we are weak, then he is strong. In his lowest times, I'd ask Dave to try to calm him down. Dave, are you a sinner? To which he would shout in his way, yes. And I'd say, well, Dave, you're in luck. Your Jesus only died for sinners. It was never up to you. He did it all for you. Then he'd relax. Dave took great comfort in his unworthiness for God's grace and mercy because it was only for the unworthy that that Jesus died. It's the unworthy that Jesus saves. And that's why it's so fitting that Dave insisted upon the prodigal son for today's gospel lesson. It was a lesson that he picked years ago. When he first got diagnosed with cancer, he went ahead and go, he picked out his tombstone and had it designed. He came running to me in the sacristy one day with this picture of a tombstone, like a giddy child, showing me this picture. Pastor, look, a prodigal son. Dave Bodenstab, a prodigal son. It was very important to him, and now I understand even more why. The prodigal son is well known for the son who wandered off foolishly and squandered his father's wealth on silly things, only to later return to his father, who welcomed him back joyfully. I think that is initially, at least, why Dave wanted this text. There was a time, as he said, when he wandered off, and the Lord found him and brought him back to the faith. So in in that way, Dave was like the prodigal son. But there's another facet to this parable that was also key for Dave. Remember, as you read it, there were not just the prodigal son, but there were two, two sons. It was the younger son who left, who insulted dad, took his money and squandered everything. When he came home, he stood before dad and confessed these powerful words. Dad, I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father was too busy hugging him and covering him with gifts and throwing a massive party to notice that confession. But notice how the son confessed no worthiness in himself. He stood before the father, totally empty and totally desperate for mercy. That's how sinners stand before God. And that parable shows the infinite mercy and love of God toward sinners who have walked away from him and who have nothing to cling to or point to in themselves. The story of the prodigal son is a love story of how, of how a loving father is so desperate to have his child back. And that's how much God loves you. Now, the other son in the parable was angry about this. He felt like he deserved more from his father, that he was worthy in himself of more celebration, more gift, that he had somehow merited dad's favor. That son, in his pride, you'll notice, chose to stay out of the banquet. 
removed himself from heaven. Insisting that he had worth in himself, he rejected the mercy of his Father. May the Lord spare each of us from such pride to think that we can stand alone before God on our own merits. To be the prodigal son in the end is not simply to come back, but it is to know that you stand before God the Father with nothing in yourself, because he is your everything. That is, to be the prodigal son is simply to know your sin and your unworthiness for anything good from God. It is to confess your great weakness and lean fully on Jesus alone as your strength. We are weak, he is strong, as the song goes. So like the prodigal son, Dave confessed proudly, no worth in himself, but that he was desperate for the mercy of Jesus. The weaker he became, the more he felt his unworthiness and his complete helplessness. And in that, Jesus proved to be his everything. The nurses in the hospice wing would recount to me how often he'd be heard down the halls crying out, Jesus, save me. Notice, not doctor, save me, or nurse, save me, but Jesus, save me. And he did. For Dave now stands with Jesus with all the company of heaven. The Lord Jesus, who became man for Dave, who suffered for him and died on the cross for him, who rose from the dead for him, that Jesus remained with Dave to the end. In his time of great despair, Dave clung to Jesus, but Jesus clung to him even tighter. And now Dave stands before God, not on his own worth, but fully on the merits of Jesus. We grieve this day because we miss him. He was indeed a gift from God to all of us, but he always belonged to Jesus. And that continues still today. So God be praised for Dave Bodenstab. May we learn from him where to run in our times of trial and how to come to God confessing our unworthiness, looking for mercy from a loving and gracious Father. Dave has run his race and won the crown. He stands today in strength, adorned in the holiness of Jesus, no longer suffering, but rejoicing at the feast prepared for him by his heavenly Father. He lives, and he longs to have you with him where he is, reunited, tears wiped away, in joy forever. Alleluia, Christ is risen. Alleluia. In the name of Jesus, amen. We stand for prayer.